0: Hi, this is Julie. This is Liz. This is Sheila. This is
1: Monica. This is Leanne. We are the Satellite Sisters. You are listening to Satellite Sisters To Go.
2: You are listening to Satellite Sisters. I'm Leanne Dolan here in Pasadena, California. Happy to be with my sister Julie Dolan in Dallas, Texas today. It's Tuesday. August 25th, 2015. How are things in Dallas, Julie? What's happening there?
0: I I can't believe it's still August. (laughs) I just keep saying this. I know. This has been the longest month ever, ever. I don't know why.
2: It's still August. How can that be? You know, I just, they started school so early, some of these kids. My son, like August 12th, and that just, it just then totally switches your head, and then it's been hot, and I've heard from a lot of friends of mine who have seniors, like like I do, like they just haven't kicked it into gear yet, but TikTok and oh yeah, I know. It's like, it's like emotionally you don't really start school till September. So right. it's just rough. It's been long. But if you're still on summer vacation, I mean, good for you, man. Yes, good for you. Yes. Good yes. for you. I mean,
0: and Leanne, how are you doing with your pledge not to mention college? Not, not that
2: well. I'm not doing that well. <laughs>
0: oh, not sorry, doing that Leanne. well. Sorry, Leanne. I,
2: it's so hard. In fact, today I... I was organizing the mail before the show. I mean, there are just dozens and dozens of things, you know, college brochures in there. I feel so guilty. Some of them are like $15, $20 pieces uh, for colleges that he's frankly not interested in or never going to get into. So I'm like, do I save this? Do I pass this along or just throw it out? I don't know what to do. So we're, it's. I'm trying to keep it all positive and, you know, one thing at a time, but that's what I mean. Like it's only August, you feel bad, but you got to kind of get going on some of this organizational stuff, especially with boys. I don't know. Girls are sort of on top of things, Uh, but most of the boys I know they need a, they, they need a lot of encouragement. So, uh, I'm not doing that well, Julie. Thank you for asking. Okay, I'm sorry. Sorry. Sorry to bring you down.
0: What are we going to be talking about today?
2: You know what? We, we are solving a lot of the world's problems, First of all, I know you've been wondering what, what is Stephen Hawking's up to and what is he thinking about black holes? And Julie, I am going to explain his new theory on black holes. You are? The paradox. Oh yeah, just go. Just wait for that. But I understand you have solved the student loan problem, and you're going to yes. offer up some theories.
0: Yes, you on know that. it's going to blow up. But I have a solution for, <laughs> okay. uh, for the student loan crisis.
2: Yes, we're doing some follow up stories from last week and from the Facebook page. A whole back to school block. I have a really good book recommendation, and um, and that's it. There's more. There's a lot more. So we're go oh, the
0: drought we're talking about. We're just, I know we're you're going to solve the drought gotta, in California. <laughs> oh. This is an epic show, Liam. It really is. On a Tuesday that we could pull this all together, (laughs) but we're going to do it. But I did want to start with um, sort of a how was your week um, situation. Now, I posted this on our... On Instagram at Sat Sisters Summer Fun, and also on our Facebook page. Um, I was out walking my dog, and I came upon sort of some uh, curbside cr- tr- trash. You know, you know how that is. You yeah. know, once uh, you get to, people put things out, uh, and uh, you know, usually it's like junk and garbage. But I came across. Two very interesting items that were placed um, uh, on the curbside. One was a very high quality, and if you've seen the picture, you know what I'm talking about, a very high quality, I would say, pottery barn level lantern. Big, though. <laughs> big Really lantern. nice. I know. It was like it was not rusty. I, I examined it, and it had five or six large pillar candles <laughs> inside this lantern, <laughs> and that was there. And then next to the giant lantern was um, a full-on, fully lacquered, uh, complete with uh, some leather uh, leather accents, a Texas Longhorn. You don't get the cow, but the, the whole horn was there. You know, it was it was a four-foot-long Texas Longhorn, uh, and I just it was quite it was quite a collection of items there Leon. and i um and i put this on our facebook page and uh kim wrote in immediately like you know julie what are you doing pick up that longhorn she wanted to strap it on the front <laughs> of her car <laughs> i mean what was i thinking my instincts were all wrong hmm. and of course carol wrote in and she's like those look like perfectly good candles take the candles <laughs> Hey,
2: those did look like perfectly good candles.
0: They, they did. Everything, I it was, was tempted, Leanne, on the lantern. Yeah. Um, but as you know, I'm an empty nester, and I am downsizing, and I do not need one more thing. Yeah. Not one more thing. So as much as I was tempted by yeah. the lantern and not tempted by the longhorn, I decided to pass on it. But I began to think about, like, well, why, how did these two items get out here? You know, because they were both in pretty good condition. And I figured it out. I think the wife said to the husband, you have to get rid of that longhorn. We got to get get that off the wall. I I can't stand that. That's got to go. And the husband said, the only reason, the only way I'm going to throw out my longhorn is if you throw out something that you love. And I think that lantern with the stupid candles, that's got to go. So I think what you're looking at is marriage on the curbside. That's, that's what I really think was going on.
2: I thought maybe it was a situation where they, someone was packing up to move. And those were the last two items. That they just couldn't fit, you know, because they were both sort of awkward and hard to jam in anywhere. So they just said, oh, forget about it. Just leave them on the curb. And then they drove off with their life. (laughs) But I like your theory better
0: I that it was all, a quid
2: pro quo marriage situation.
0: You get rid of the longhorn and I'll get rid of the lantern. <laughs> but they're gone. They're oh, gone I'm sure now. they are. Oh, yeah, yeah. They were two good items. So, I but I am going to be looking to see if someone straps that longhorn on their on their vehicle. Maybe they'll be driving around town. So, um You know, I love our Facebook page. People post all kinds of wonderful things there. And without a doubt, um, you know, it was it was I was howling looking at the story of a 23 year old who has spent a week dressed as Prince George. Have you seen this? It was,
2: was first of all, a great concept and a super funny story, like very well written and very funny.
0: Yeah, it was it was great, and I the reason I lo- I love it well because we 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 love the Royals because uh, we do, uh, but also this could only happen in the age of the internet, right? I mean, this is that you would have no other outlet for this kind of creative exercise, and generally, you know, twenty uh, three year olds in past decades they probably had real jobs, so they probably wouldn't have had time to dress up like Prince George for a week, you know, but. But this guy did it, and uh, he really nailed it, and hats off to him. <laughs> it was. And it
2: it is just hilarious to see a grown man in short pants. And I the funniest part of it was that he kept saying, like, no one in New York cares. Like, no one's giving me a second look that I'm a grown man wearing, you know, overalls and Crocs. <laughs> <was> very funny. <laughs> yeah, <was> very funny. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, another, uh, another um, thing from our Facebook page this week was, uh, we had been talking about millennials and the story of, uh, some millennials who are bringing their parents to job interviews. And then Samantha, our, uh, our resident millennial on the Facebook page proposed, you know, are they going to start bringing them on dates? And then Jean offered up one funny story. Her husband's a lawyer or a judge maybe even, and, uh, no, he's a lawyer, I think. And, um, And she said there was one 25-year-old who actually brought his mom to jury duty to get him out of jury duty, (laughs) 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 which –
0: it's just unbelievable. Perhaps he should have worn shorts and crocs. I know. You know? <laughs> no, I'm sure they would have seated him on the jury. I mean, you know, jury duty—they'll take you. You know. So uh,
2: the ruse failed. By the way, yeah, he did not get dismissed from jury duty because his mom said he couldn't stay. But um, so I—I I made a comment like, "Well, you know, here you go, baby boomers—that's your fault." You know, something like it was a one-off comment about parenting, and and then I got a surprising amount of feedback. Baby boomer saying, no, 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 the millennials are not our children. They're Gen X kids. <laughs> and I was like, eh, they're not actually. So there's quite a lively debate. But, um, you know, it's just social science. The millennials were born from like 1980 to about the year 2000. So I think people don't realize that the oldest millennials are, they're 35 years old mm-hmm, now. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gen X is this tiny generation right before. So I'm the oldest Gen Xer born in 65. I was fifteen when the millennials started showing up in in record numbers, so the parents of millennials are for the most part baby boomers that yes, some I of think its that's yes sound that's it a sound yeah, and i just so I am sure, and like looking at our own family, every single one of our next generation are born between nineteen eighty and two thousand. We have thirteen millennials in the dolan next gen, and almost all their parents except for Me and my sister-in-law, Laura, are baby boomers. So because the baby boom goes to 64, my husband's a boomer, I'm Gen X. Um, So I was doing a lot of, like, researching in generations this week and uh, just sort of verifying, like, hmm, okay, I'm just going to take a look-see, take a look-see. But here's what I think, Satellite Sisterhood, I am sure that if you have a millennial, they are superior. Not all millennials are bringing their moms to jury duty. No, that's true. That's true. (laughs) I'm sure that the Satellite Sisterhood has produced an excellent generation of kids that managed to get jobs after school and get themselves to college and, you know, not bring their moms and dads to their job interviews. But I think it's probably a generation, Julie, you would agree. You're very close to your boys. You know, you definitely, your group of baby boomers Mm -hmm. definitely were the first that kind of started really,
0: um, I don't want to. Involved. Involved parents. Yes. 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 They're pressing that envelope between involvement and over-involvement. Yes. Right? Between, yeah.
2: But that was definitely Between barely... providing
0: guidance and uh, overall control. Yeah.
2: <laughs> I mean, I remember you saying on one of our first Satellite Sister shows 15 years ago that if you could get GPS for your kids, you would. Like, know, and now you can with a phone. <laughs> now it's happening. <laughs> so, but I have to admit, I did appreciate that the boomers, uh, they were adamant that this was not their problem. (laughs) So I was like, well, it's just social science. Uh, you know, the tail end of this millennial generation, their parents are generally gen Xers, but for the most part, you know, I think it's follows a lot of the lines of our family, uh, that, you know, most of their parents are boomers and, uh, and, but I'm sure that we have raised an excellent, excellent generation of kids. We have many fine millennials in our family. I'm sure you have many fine millennials in your family.
0: Well, here, here, Leanne. That's well put. Well said. Well said. Um, Leanne, I do want to mention on today's show, because this is something that we have talked about for many, many years. Um, you know, it is the 10th anniversary this weekend of Katrina. And, uh, you know, you lived in New Orleans. I lived in New Orleans. New Orleans has, a, you know, is near and dear. And Monica lived in New Orleans. You know, my, uh, New Orleans is near and dear to our hearts. And there have been a lot of there's a lot of great material out there about the you know ten years, uh, the rebirth of the city, the changes in the city, and I just wanted to uh, one of our longtime listeners, satellite sister listeners, uh, Jean posted a great video that was produced by produced for and by Steve Gleason, who is a New Orleans Saints player who has um, ALS, and oh, this wow. yes, and he is he has become. He has really become a true ambassador for the city a great spokesperson for the city you know it's ALS is a debilitating disease and his disease has progressed uh, and yet he has put up a video that is such a like a love note uh to to New Orleans um, to remind people of all the good things that have gone on there despite the, you know, horrendous misery of Katrina. And uh, it's worth taking a look at uh, and we'll post it at Satellite Sisters. So uh, you want to post it on the Facebook pages, Julie? It's probably easier. I will post it on our Facebook page. Okay. Yes, it is. It's great. And I thank uh, Marijan for bringing it to our attention. Uh, It's short and uh, it just uh, will, you know, it's very inspiring. Okay. All right. Good. Excellent. Excellent. All
2: right. Um, Okay, Julie, I have a segment I'm calling notes from all over. (laughs)
0: <laughs> okay,
2: notes from all over. So get ready. All right, yesterday, Stephen Hawkins presented at the prestigious KTH Royal Institute of Technology in Stockholm. Were
0: you and there I, mean, I, I-, I missed
2: it, Julie, but course, I have the story according to the Washington Post. You know, oh. I, I've taken an interest in astrophysics and cosmology and, and things like that. I try to bring the stories back to uh, Satellite Sisterhood. And yesterday, he offered up a new theory on black holes. And here's the situation, Julie. Uh, There's something in the study of black holes called the information paradox. Mm -hmm. Okay. It continues to puzzle scientists who study black holes. And here it is in a nutshell. The paradox involves the fact that the information about how the star was formed actually disappears inside the black hole and then disappears in general. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Oh, my head hurts. okay, so okay,
0: okay. the star that formed
2: this. the black hole basically implodes upon itself and okay. then taking all the information with it and then disappears. Oh. and the problem that if this is actually true that the information disappears, Julie, then it's a problem because Stephen Hawking implied that our concept of time itself could fall apart. If black holes were exempt from the idea, this is like the most basic laws of the universe that sort of everything we've ever been is out there all the time. But if information yeah. is disappearing inside of black holes, never to be seen again, our whole concept of time could fall apart. Okay.
1: Liz, you know, we love talking about frame bridge, don't we? We do. <laughs> because, because there are just so many fun things to frame, Leon, aren't there? See why Framebridge has been trusted to frame over 2 million
2: pieces. Visit framebridge.com or see a local Framebridge store to get started and custom frame just about anything, like a Bruce Springsteen set list. That's framebridge.com. Thanks, Framebridge. Liz and Leanne here, and we are so grateful to have Osea support Satellite Sisters. Why? Because it's just a great product. Holy cow, do we... And you get free samples in every order and free shipping on orders over $60. Osea is spelled O-S-E-A. So head on over to oseamalibu.com and use code SATSisters for 10% off. Thanks, Osea. So, Why are you telling me this, Leanne? Now I'm afraid. I know. Julie, don't be afraid, okay? Because he has a new theory. So mm-hmm. he thinks that the information is not stored in the interior of the black hole, as one might expect, but in its boundary, what he calls the event horizon. And okay. it's that some sort of shell around the black hole, past okay. which all matter will be drawn into the dense object's powerful embrace. Oh. <laughs> okay. Are you, so, are
0: you reading this? Or was this sounds like a Star Wars script? No, I
2: know. I'm you know, I'm paraphrasing the Washington Post article. I did have to read it about a hundred times to make sure I understood it. But Julie, here's how I think of it. After okay. I read it a couple of times, I was like, oh, he's talking about black holes. But this is basically the sock in the laundry paradox. You know, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you put all the socks into the dryer. And invariably, one sock goes missing. Where is it, Julie? Where is the sock? Where does it go? Do you know? I think you
0: need to check the boundaries, Liam. I think that's it. Check
2: the boundaries. That's exactly what my takeaway was. It's somewhere just in the boundaries. I've been looking in the dryer, in the deepest, blackest hole of the dryer. But it's not in there. It's somewhere around the event horizon. So... I'm going to just, you know, I'll probably tweet uh, Dr. Hawking just to let him know that I understand uh, it's the same thing with laundry and socks, black holes, laundry and socks, exactly the same thing. So there you go. So if you hear people talking about this information paradox now, just throw that sock analogy at him. It's going to, it's a killer. All right. Uh, Another thing I read that I did not, I did not know before, um, for the first time in, since 1978, or I'm sorry, since 1789. French bakers have been that's, allowed... That's
0: a big difference. It is. Right I just, okay.
2: okay. Okay. I just transposed some numbers. For the Ooh. first time since 1789, French bakers have been allowed to take their vacation whenever they want without having to notify the authorities. Mm.
0: Did, you not know... no, did you know? No, I did not know that. Okay.
2: <laughs> Apparently, after the French Revolution, the French put laws into place that uh, prevented this So, to make sure there was enough bread available to prevent famine. So... Mm-hmm. You actually had to, like, file, like, oh, I'm going to go away the first two weeks in August, the last two weeks in July. And so they would stagger people's vacations in the neighborhood if you were a baker so that there would be no famine. So they realized, like, last year that this was ridiculous and the bakers could just <laughs> Just
0: take, last year. Just last 2014. year. 2014. <laughs> yeah.
2: Here's mm-hmm. the thing, though. A uh, good article on the New York in the Washington Post, just quoting a lot of French people saying, well, now we have to buy bread in a grocery store, which is not even bread. <laughs>
0: so, <laughs> nice French accent. Thank there. you.
2: Has it, one Parisian, added, it
0: really added a lot of color to the story.
2: And one Parisian woman said, I went out to get a baguette for a few days ago, and the two closest boulangeries, to me, they were closed for the first time ever. Only the bad ones stayed open, she said. <laughs> Oh, for so there you go. Just, but don't worry, there's plenty of bad baked goods available in Paris. If you were, well, if wait,
0: you're, but there's no impending uh, famine. No, going no, okay, impending famine. Okay. no impending famine. No impending famine. Shoot.
2: And finally, I have one more fantastic idea. Um, you know, we're trying our darndest out here to save water in California because of our drought. Mm -hmm. and uh there are all kinds of interesting uh you know suggestions in play public service announcements going on but this one i love so you know pandora the music service uh they had put together a list called the water lovers station and these are songs all about water and rain but they are all under five minutes long and you're supposed to take your shower for one song (laughs) isn't that a good idea It's a very good idea. Yeah, I think it's a good idea because I I have a 20-year-old son and I'm constantly pounding on the door. Get out of the shower. Get out. We are in the middle of a drought. And so I wish it would rain down by Phil Collins. Water runs dry by boys to men. Purple rain by Prince. Bridge over trouble water. There are more than 100 songs on this Pandora set list for your five-minute showers.
0: I think that's very good, Leanne. Excellent
2: good. idea. So I think it would even, we're only supposed to like water for five minutes. There's a lot of use for five minutes on. So there you go. You know,
0: because most people have no idea how long five minutes it are. You I think know? you're
2: absolutely right. Because mm-hmm. again, my son, I was only in for five minutes. No, I was oh. timing you. It was not five minutes. So now one song, one Phil Collins song and you're out. So.
1: <laughs> <laughs> there you
0: <go>. Okay. <laughs> okay, mom. <laughs> Thanks a lot. Well, Lynn, I do want to mention, you know, I want to sort of shout out again to everyone on the Facebook page, everyone who that's posting on Instagram. I love all the back to school pictures. Don't you? Yes. I love seeing oh, everybody gosh, going back them. to school, yep. going off to college, third grade, kindergarten, <laughs> yep. eighth grade. I mean, they're all good. More pictures, please <laughs> keep them coming. You know, it's just, it's, it's a very exciting day, isn't it? The first day of school and, you know, every everybody's excited. The parents, the kids, uh, the teachers, the administrators. Yeah. You know, I was... I, I, I like
2: clever signs. I like the first day of kindergarten, last day of high... First, last day of high school. I like the, you know, the side-by-side comparisons. It's all good. It's all good. Yeah.
0: Yeah, so keep them coming. So, um they had a headline uh, the first day of school here in Dallas public schools was yesterday and the headline in the in the Dallas papers uh was uh Dallas school opening goes smoothly. Twenty thousand kids did not show up.
2: Oh my gosh!
0: This is this is. I mean that we they were there are approximately a hundred and forty thousand uh, kids that attend public school in the Dallas Independent School District uh, in Dallas, and so I, I mean I understand that twenty thousand kids is only a very small percentage of the hundred and forty thousand kids, but. That's a lot of kids. It's twenty thousand kids. It's yeah, twenty thousand kids that did not show up for school, and the headlines was, "Oh, it's all smooth. This is all good. This is normal." You know, because some have not had their shots, or you know, there's paperwork. I don't think that's acceptable at all. You know, I think you know, kids only have one childhood. Right. They only have one chance to go to school to get it right. And if you don't show up on the first day of school, you're already behind. Yeah, yeah. You're already behind. Yeah. And that we're tolerating that level of kids not showing up. I mean, I know, I understand it's K through 12. I uh, But still, that's a lot of kids. It's a lot
2: of kids. Yeah.
0: that's. I mean, they're I not
2: know. all on summer vacation one extra day or something. No no no, 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 no. I mean, there are reunion, multiple right.
0: reasons why this happens. I, you know, I... I but that that is just unacceptable. I mean, I'd be interested Lee, in when I don't know the, if the LA schools have started yet, but just watch to see if you get if you see any number, you know, that comes out if this is something that's specific to Dallas or does this happen in a lot of public school systems? Where will
2: check that out. Yeah, we have the second largest number of public school kids in the country right now, right behind New York City. We started yeah. last week. LA LAUSD started last week. I will look I will look that up. Look that,
0: I just I mean cuz that it's just it's you know, it's not right. OK, that's uh, that's all I can say. So that uh, that's uh, that there is room for improvement. You know how they used to mark that on your report card? This, yes. this is, I mean, we should not tolerate that level of, you know, you know, that many kids not showing up, not being ready to go to school. So, you know, I was surprised the other
2: day I, off topic slightly. Um, I read in the paper that kindergarten is not required in most states in the country. Did you realize that? Yeah, it's, that's. <laughs> I okay. did not realize that. I. Right. That's true. I so did not, that's... and but now that kindergarten has really become like an active learning class, they. First of all, I don't know why you wouldn't send your kids to kindergarten, and be hugely relieved that someone will take your child. Like it was shocking to me that people For free, were opting Liam. For free, out. They right, do that? Yeah. Opting out of that, but. um... I was just really surprised mm-hmm. that uh, kindergarten yep. was not mandatory. So. Not,
0: not, it's not always mandatory, but, you know, now many states are trying to um, put in, you know, free pre cases. as right, well. Right, right. Because okay. you, I mean, all the research shows that you have to really start early, that the early, indi- you know, early intervention, early childhood education can make an enormous difference in a child's ability to be successful in school. So, all right. So those 20,000 kids, I- I'm looking for you right now. So and uh, I'm, I'm going to write I think I'm going to write a letter to the editor or something. The <laughs> other big, yeah. 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 No, the other big story that caught my eye on education this week is do you realize that now we have seven million Americans that have gone at least a year without ma- making a single student loan payment? So no, that means I realized the number was that big. 7 million 17% of all student loan borrowers are now severely delinquent. That means more than a year. Can you believe that? I mean this is a giant mess. I mean I don't, you know, I don't want to like get into too many of the numbers, but all, you know, the student loan debt has tripled in the last decade. We are now talking trillions of dollars that have been borrowed and that you know, the thing is they have no way to repay all of this. Right. You know, right. I mean this is this is something that impacts the individual, the student borrower, it also impacts families because in many cases the parents are the co, you know, uh the co-signers on these loans. So when the kids stop you know, pa- making payments, it impacts the parents' uh credit ratings, their abilities to get jobs. It's and it impacts a whole uh generation of of, you know, of kids that you know, if you are looking to pay, you know, that you have to pay $1,000 a month in your student loan, you know, to repay your student loan, that really... That's a huge in. number. It's just a huge number. I know. I know, Lee. and So it, and it's, 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 it's really, really serious. And that, so that's why so many are just kind of giving up. So I'm not I'm not from the school that thinks really what we need is more student loans. Okay. I am not
2: either. Yeah, but, I'm with you on this. There's a whole go go ahead. Give us your
0: theory because I know yes, you're going to solve this. Yeah. I am going to I am going to solve this because I mean, you know that it's impossible for these kids to pay off these huge these huge amounts of debt. You know, particularly if they've got a, you know rent or you know even you know or car payments. So I think the answer is that we just have to stop the student loan. Okay. Just turn off the money for a year and now put our fingers back at the universities, the colleges and the universities that are tax-free institutions, that many of whom are leading universities, the Harvards, the Princetons, the Stanfords have billions of dollars. Billions of dollars. dollars Billions of dollars. Yeah. Okay. And I think they should just try a year without receiving any of that federal money. You know, because I agree,
2: there, I there I totally
0: no, agree, Joy. There is no, you know, there is those institutions are filled with incredibly smart people. Okay, but there's no incentive for them to change their system. No, the only incentive or reduce would, their prices, right? Yeah, no. So there's so it's just there is nothing that is going to stop this 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 thing that that is going. It's like a black hole and it's <laughs> going to explode, <laughs> and it's it going is. to take everything with it. Okay, <laughs> and, and so I think we and universities. You know what they're really good at? Symposia, Leanne. Mm-hmm. That's what they like to do. <laughs> Year-long symposia. You know, figure out a better way, a better, cheaper, faster way to educate, uh, uh, to you know, to provide higher education to students at a low cost way. I mean, we have to blow up the system. Okay, there is. I mean, and there is no. There's no other way, but I think it has to be done by, by the educators, you know, just, but turn off the money and just see how they can manage and cope. I think that would force them to make the changes because it's, you know, I know for many families this, you know, you, it really has changed the way you think about higher education, about, you know, the choices you make and, you know, and whether you would want to take on this incredible amount of debt. I mean, because you can no longer guarantee that, you're going to have the income stream, the high paying job to pay off, you know, to pay off this debt. And the debt is a lot. It's a lot of debt. And, I and mean, again, kids... they
2: don't, under, an 18 year old, I've had this, literally, I talk about this conversation every single day for the last three years with my parent friends, their kids going off to school, making these hard decisions, they get into places, they don't get enough aid. And the, you know, the 18 Your olds are saying, well, I'm going to make a hundred thousand dollars a year. So what's the big deal about, you know, a hundred thousand dollar loan. And you're right. There is a lot of cheap money out there, which has only caused the colleges to raise their prices year in and year out. I mean, even it shocks people, even 10 years, even parents who have kids that are, um, you know, graduated 10 years ago when I say, no, the tuition at a small liberal arts school is, you know, the tuition alone is $50,000 now. Know, like know. it's crazy the prices and that's not even room and board or right, books or right. travel or, or any of that stuff. And I think you've reached a ceiling at a lot of these schools, a state, you know, the state college in California, the UCs are $35,000 a I year, know. you know, yeah. <laughs> they're nuts. Is- yeah. I, there's so there's the no more money don't no give diploma. us any more money so we can pay more money to your school that's not right. it's
0: not helping anybody i totally agree let's and I, take a year have, so, have a symposium you know yeah. and uh and figure out a different solution. That's my right. Opinion.
2: Cause if you couldn't borrow a lot of money, you wouldn't go to a school that costs $60,000 right. a year. Exactly. It just, it's super duper simple. And it's a lot like the housing crisis where people were getting huge jumbo mortgages and things like that. And they just, they, they could, there was no way they were going to ever going to be able to pay those mortgages. And I feel like that's what where colleges have gotten to. I mean, yeah. I have this conversation every single day with parents about loans and debt and you know, telling their kids they can't apply here because they can't like, and it's right. crazy. It's crazy to come out of school with so much debt that it takes whole families down. So I'm, I'm with you on this one, Julie. I'm with, I'm with you on this one. Okay. Just, yeah. Stop the loans, start a symposium. Excellent. Okay. Whew, this has really been a big day so far. <laughs> Black holes, the drought,
0: Student loans. What else you got, Leanne? You You know what? I
2: want to, I want to lift you up. I want to lift you up. I was delighted to read a wonderful book by Nancy Nordenson, who is a medical writer and she writes a lot about spirituality and she happens to be the mother of our charming, uh, niece's husband so uh we're
0: gonna be our charming niece's mother-in-law yes is that that,
2: yeah yeah, the mother of our charming yes you're right so our charming niece's mother-in-law nancy nordenson has read written this beautiful book called finding livelihood and julie it's a really interesting collection of essays about connecting the work you do with spirituality like really finding the work you were meant to do, not just to pay the bills, but also uh, to deepen your relationship with God. And it's a beautiful book. Nancy has done. Um, it, it's taken her a long time to write, but she's done tremendous work on this and I wanted to recommend it. Um, she's also been on another podcast uh, where they, she was interviewed about her work and they did a beautiful job. So I'm going to post a link both to her book, Finding Livelihood, which is available for Kindle or in paperback at Amazon and also the podcast that she's on so you can hear her interviewed and talk about making this connection because, you know, we're all... There's a time in people's lives when they're searching, is this what I really should be doing? Is this what I want to be doing? And asking kind of deeper questions than, "Whoa, what, you know, what's my next career move? So that's what she's examining in this series of essays. And it's beautifully written. She's an accomplished writer. And so I thought the Satellite Sisterhood, I know there are people out there asking these questions of themselves every day in the sisterhood. So I wanted to recommend this. So the book is Finding Livelihood. And the author is Nancy Nordenson. So I I'll like that. The out sound there. Of that, Leanne. I think it's, that sounds It's excellent, it. Julie. It's yes. an excellent yeah. book. Yeah, it's an excellent book. It's very uplifting, um, especially if you're sort of wondering, what am I doing? What am I doing here? <laughs> 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 Just, I, ask, I ask that probably every other day. When I'm <laughs> on days and I'm not asking, how can we pay for college? I'm asking, what am I doing here? <laughs> so <laughs> And they're tied together, believe me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> hmm. Oh, well, Leanne, I'm bringing a a new segment idea to you. Okay, now it's not fully worked out, but... um it's sort of, um, I call it post-it notes, uh, which is, it's sort of the be- behind the scenes look at actually how we do these podcasts. Now, I, I know it may sound like we do no preparation at all, but uh, but you and I will, I mean, I think it's clear that all of the sisters put a lot of thought into what they want to say uh, on these podcasts. We, you know, we read a lot of things. We look We look for good ideas to bring to these podcasts, things that are interesting and new and funny. And my process at my house is that I, I use little post-it notes, you know, and I sort of all week long, if I, something's in the news or I, you know, I I have a conversation, I just write it down a little post-it note, you know, and then as I'm trying to think about what we're going to talk about or what I'm going to, propose that we talk about uh, i go through my post-it notes and some i edit or i reject but today i thought i would just bring all my po- post-it, post-it notes <laughs> okay. you, you know i use post-it notes too so
2: i have post-it notes all over my computer as you speak so uh, i have like post-it notes you know taped to my I, to my iphone which is not right you know
0: so, that's it's that a good, is a sign. It's a
2: good sign. Yeah, it's a generational difference.
0: <laughs> that is a generational. Difference. <laughs> okay. So that's that's my process. So these are total. I'm just gonna just put out my post notes. So my first post note this week that I had um, was uh, I thought the photo of the baby twin pandas was disgusting. <laughs> it
2: was. It was. I mean, it was obscene. That was, it was that obscene. Was, Sign up today at ButcherBox.com slash sisters and use code SISTERS to choose your free-for-year offer, plus get $20 off your first order. Thanks, ButcherBox. Hey, it's Liz and Leanne here, and we want to thank Pros for supporting this episode of Satellite Sisters. Now, you know, Liz, I've been out and about with my new book, The Marriage Sabbatical. Mm-hmm. The book is getting rave reviews. I'm very happy. But you know what else is getting rave reviews? My hair, Liz, my hair from Prose is getting great reviews.
1: Leon, I am not surprised. You have been on that Prose hair regimen for quite a while. I mean, you have good hair anyway, but now you have great hair because you've really paid attention to it. Well, Liz, Prose is made
2: for people, not hair and skin types. Personalization is rooted in everything they do, from their in-depth consultation to their made-to-order model. And you know what? I love the regimen they have me on. I, do I take the hair vitamins every day? So you get your free consultation, then 50% off at pros.com slash sisters. And prose is spelled P-R-O-S-E, Pros.com slash sisters. Thanks, Prose.
0: Those things were pink and slimy. They yeah. look like possums, okay? Yeah. Nobody gets excited about baby twin possums. <laughs> I mean, they're supposed to be white and fluffy. That, yeah. that picture made me gag every yeah, time was- I I I would use another P
2: word that they look like, to be (laughs) perfectly honest. So, okay. so
0: Yeah, those were bad. Those were bad. The world is not cheering for that picture. Put that picture down. Okay, that was my first post. Second post-it note. The U.S. ambassador to France, you know, she was present at the um, at the press conference and the medal signing ceremony. Yeah. Where the, uh, the brave Americans received the Legion of Honor, the highest award from France. She needs to step away from the Botox. <laughs> Did you? I didn't see her. I didn't uh, see she her. She was very distracting. She was sitting next to she was sitting next to one of the heroes at the um, at the press conference. And, uh, you know, I looked her up. Uh, I, I don't know. I think that was on another post. <laughs> she's very accomplished. She was in the Carter administration. She was a major fundraiser for president Obama. Uh, so she's over there and she's been CEO of her own company. She's very accomplished, but whoa, she needs <laughs> to step away. Okay. away.
2: It's hard. So, it's hard to watch. Again,
0: I know. I this just these are random post and notes, um, and it was a wonderful medal um, medal ceremony, don't you think, Lee? I mean- it was.
2: That was a great ceremony. You know, we did not give those guys enough credit Sunday. Well, you did, but I did not give those guys enough credit. That's an incredible story. Those three childhood friends from Sacramento, happy to see the city of Sacramento is giving them a parade. Also, the hero teacher who's just coming to light. Uh, yeah, I love the fact that they the French were on it. They got that i mean can you imagine yes. you go to france on vacation and you get like you remember you're a legion knight of the legion Le- of honor
0: legion of honor That's i mean you're at, the, you're at the palace there you know you know francois Hollande is you know, <laughs> know pinning a giant medal on your polo shirt and i, could I know almost, i could almost hear our mom you know because uh, yes. she always she always, you know, she always had a critique about what people are wearing and stuff. She would have she would have enjoyed that they were in their polo shirts and they looked very nice, you know, because they were on vacation. It wasn't like they had suits or anything like that to put on. You know, they were traveling through Europe. So they had their khakis and their polo shirts and they had that giant medal. That was awesome. It was so. great. Yeah. No. And they got to, they stayed at the
2: U.S. Embassy.
0: Yeah. They no, stayed the U.S. With, Embassy. Yeah, with the ambassador. Okay. And her, and her all right, well, she so anyway, she has a lot of forehead, you're right, She's a little... <laughs> and lips those okay, i don't know, and the eyes i don 't know, it was very distracting <laughs> during the- uh, the the conference final note uh that I wrote down, which almost doesn't make sense, is I wrote yes, one- di- direction should take a break. <laughs> I apparently they're they're going on hiatus I don't know you know I'm again scanning international news to find out to bring something to satellite sisters yes one direction should take a break they're going to take a hiatus because they've been on tour they have they have like performed in front of 11 million people and they just they need some time Mm -hmm. off
2: it's good. This is quite a a segment. This is the, quite a segment. Actually, I found my post it that I put together and it, it was uh Viagra for women. We didn't we didn't talk about okay. it. What do you think? I'm whatever. Yeah, I'm for it. I mean, I might not take it, but I you know, I'm for it. What the heck, right? We actually got approached Julie um uh by a potential sponsor uh-huh. Vi- Viagra for women. Really? Okay. So you could actually be the face of Viagra for women
0: <laughs> if you wanted to. Well, it's interesting- So sure, if I'd be like Bob Dole, you know, yeah. I would be- Okay. Here's the
2: thing. They, according to the FDA, they cannot- For One of the things they had to agree to for FDA approval was to not advertise on uh, television, not advertise on like television, mm-hmm. magazines, and radio. So where are they turning? They're turning to the Satellite Sisters because <laughs> they can only do podcasts. They can't do TV. No idea. Okay. So there all you right. go. I mean, think just think about it. Just just think about it. And so way way in Satellite Sisterhood, would that be
0: shocking to you if we if were the- you started promoting this, <laughs> do you think this is a good idea? I don't, you know, I don't know, you know. Okay. You know what?
2: I, I think all you need to do is pick up Erica Zhang's new book uh, fear of dying. You will not need Viagra. I'm telling you that <laughs> really woo, powerhouse. It's about, it's, she's on it, man. She's on it. She's forget, forget the Viagra for women. Get get yourself some Erica Jong. That's what I say. All right. What are you up to this week? Anything? Um, busy week,
0: Lynn. <laughs> okay. Just busy week. That's my answer to you. I got to make some more <laughs> post-it notes gotta, okay. uh, I got to sell. I have to find 20,000 kids that did not show up for school <laughs> okay. here in Dallas. <laughs> So I, I, you know, I got a lot to do. How about yourself? Um, yeah, I'm just writing and working and yeah, just, just
2: constantly busy. Oh, I can update people on two things. Um, first of all, of course I said the wrong date. Uh, I would like to thank Pat for pointing that out. Our satellite sisters meet up in Pasadena is the Saturday night before our book signing. Uh, I am now going to look up the dates again because I don't want to say it wrong. But our book signing is on a Sunday at noon in November. Mm-hmm. It is November 8th. So mm-hmm. our Satellite Sisters meet up. Uh, and this is the no host meet up will be Saturday, November 7th. OK, mm-hmm. so that's how it's going to roll. And then we are happy to announce that when we go to Brooklyn uh, to Powerhouse Arena, you know who's going to be providing snacks for us?
0: I heard this land. Hannah, this is Hannah
2: Kirshner of uh Sweets and Bitters. Many of you supported Hannah. She is another cousin, a cousin's daughter. I don't know. She's part of she's part of our family. She's a, <laughs>
0: she's an our extended family. Yes. yes.
2: And she is a young chef and photographer and food entrepreneur in Brooklyn. She has a wonderful food magazine called Sweets and Bitters, and she is going to be providing some food for us there that night. So it's great. Just like everybody in the family, we're getting them on board for uh, the Big Book signing in Brooklyn at Powerhouse Arena on the 29th. So many thanks to Hannah for signing up. She's been, um, she's been very busy uh, w- with her chickens. <laughs> so it's hard yeah, to get on She's a, hold of a her.
0: chicken celebrity. Yes. She was, uh- featured in the New York Times. Yes. Uh, She's, uh, she's really quite the entrepreneur.
2: Yep. She is. She is. Uh, we do have an events page up now at SatelliteSisters.com. So if you are looking to double check any of the times or the dates or the locations of anything we mention, um, please go to SatelliteSisters.com and click on events. It's in the nav bar and you'll see it. And as we add a few speaking engagements here and there, that's the best place to go find those for the most accurate information. Um, all right, everybody. We are are going to take off.
0: Julie, have a fantastic week. You too, and don't forget to call your satellite sister.